Hello, world. Hey, world. Hello, world. Welcome to Hello, world. The future is female. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Hello World, The Futures Female. Today is a very special episode that I think a lot of people will be interested in. We're talking about innovation, STEM, doing it all and making a difference. Um, So to help illustrate the path of innovation and community outreach, I'm grateful to have McKenna Turner on here. Some of you may know her from her YouTube channel, Keeping Up With Ken, that has over 22,000 followers. Some may know her from her research that she did through machine learning, where she's currently attending school, Stanford University, majoring in computer science, or from her community projects like the one she coordinated from Hurricane Maria, where she facilitated the delivery of school supplies to undeserved students in Puerto Rico. But I think most notably, it's the impact she makes and continues to make in her community that makes McKenna such an admirable figure to everybody around the world. So thank you so much, McKenna, for coming on here. Of course. I'm so happy I can help you um, just talk about this subject because it's so important. I think there's so many different ways that people can make a difference. And I think I just had a unique way that I did it. So I'm glad to be talking about that. You know, as I mentioned in your introduction, you were clearly involved in a lot, to say the least. So prioritizing your health, academics, and extracurriculars, how did you stay driven to kind of do it all? I think, you know, my mom, one of the key things that she always taught me as a kid was when you go out and do something like make sure what you're doing is what you love she said i don't care what you do i don't care what you major in i don't care what school you go to as long as you're doing your best and you're doing what you love and so that was kind of a sentiment that i took with me in everything that i did and at times it became kind of problematic you know doing everything um i played four different sports in high school there was nothing really that i said i wouldn't do if i thought i was interested in it i just went out and tried it And when you go and do that, I mean, your schedule becomes really, really tight and you start to have to make sacrifices. And that is still a lesson that I'm learning today. You know, going into college, um, people, you narrow down your paths, you you narrow down the things that you have time to do because you want to focus and really become good at one thing. And that is really, honestly, I'll admit it, something I still struggle with because I'm like, I want to be good at everything. I want to join every club, but there's only 24 hours in a day and you can't really do that. And so... Yeah, throughout high school, there are a lot of different things. Um, the big thing about that was just keeping a schedule, a very, very detailed schedule and planner and making sure that I knew, like, on the dot when I need to be somewhere. And now, like, especially with online, it's it's so difficult to, you know, join new things, try new things and figure all that stuff out. Right. And, you know, as you said, you were a student athlete who did many sports like track, soccer and, or softball. You also did programming and you, you took advantage of leadership opportunities. So how did you allot your time so you could do that all or how did you like balance it all? Yeah. So like, for example, um, slowly I had to begin cutting sports. My last year of high school, I only did only did track as in I didn't even get to do track because it got cut. But I did winter sport like that was my I trained year round for track yeah. and so I still got to do indoor for that. But figuring out where to like prioritize, unfortunately, a lot of the time, the thing that got cut was my sleep, um, which is a thing that I've learned is really bad to make a cut to because you need your sleep to function properly and really, um, you know, 
understand what you're learning in school. And that was something that I really had to overcome in my junior year. And going into my senior year, I got a lot better with like prioritizing sleep as something. So not sitting on my phone at night, not just watching YouTube or going on TikTok. Like I have those things set aside. If my timer runs out, like I said, the little, um, you know, how many hours a day you spend on it, once it reaches one hour, I, it's shut down. I can't go on it anymore. And for me, that really helps me like structure my time as well as using Google Calendar. That's like my number one structuring tool is because like if you spend all day long, you know, sitting and doing nothing, right? You still have stuff that was on your list to do. Now you have even less time to do it. And so you want to put the leisure last and the priorities first. And for doing homework, like for example, some days I would get back from my research and I would go to track track practice. My track practice ended at 9 p.m. Then I'd drive 30 minutes home. And so then I would be back at like 9.30, I'd take a shower and I'd do homework. And I'd be doing homework at like 11 p.m. and going into like 1 a.m. doing homework. And that was difficult. And so if I could give any advice to anybody, it's like there's a nice happy medium in between what I did with my time and just like only focusing on one thing. And if you want to focus on one thing, that's great. If you were really passionate about that, but if you're kind of like me where you're undecided in what exactly you want to do, like you want to focus on, or you just want to do everything that you can, like make sure that you schedule your time and give yourself enough time to sleep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being so successful and you kind of compare it to, I think a lot of YouTube videos out there, like they have their spike or something that they're really good at. You know, did you have to overcome any social norms or expectations you had, um, like, in your collegiate now or even high school career? Yeah, I mean, constantly (laughs) people were telling me I was doing it wrong, like, from the get-go, from freshman year. People were asking me, why are you joining this club? Colleges don't care about that club. Why are you doing this sport? You're you're not, like, a D1 athlete. Why are you doing this sport? You're not dedicated to it enough to become one. And for me, it wasn't about, like, oh, where I think this activity will get me or I think that I'm going to be the best at it. It didn't matter to me if I was going to be the best at it if I enjoyed it. And so one of the the biggest norm overcoming was definitely people trying to tell me that I need a spike. I am very anti-spike. I don't think that is something that people need. I think, I, I definitely think I had it in the end on accident, which was like, education and computer science and those were the things that like a lot of my activities centered around but not that I just did one thing in education or did one thing in computer science somehow everything that I did melded into my passion and became my passion you know like I didn't have to set out in high school and define what I was going to be and what I was going to look like to colleges and I think that was just a unique thing that a lot of them saw right you know I think like I said, you what makes you unique and I think successful in high school is just doing the things that you love, like you said. Like I mentioned in your introduction, you did research through machine learning for athletic purposes, I believe. So how did you get started in research and are you still pursuing any research plans at Stanford? Sure. So that one, I love stumbling onto opportunities. That's like one of my favorite things. Networking with people this year has been really difficult for me because I'm a very talkative person. I love meeting new people. I love networking. And that's just the way that I get a lot of different things in life, I guess. And for me, I stumbled on that opportunity through an organization called NCWIT, the National Center for Women in Information Technology. And I have been a part of that group since my freshman year of high school. I won their collegiate awards, all, or not their collegiate awards, my, their high school awards 
all throughout uh, upper education. And I, I remember I was at this banquet in Colorado and I was speaking to a couple of the women there and they were the people who are a part of like Intuit. They ran into it. And Intuit is actually based in Colorado for people who might be in it or don't know about it. Um, but I was talking to a couple of the women that ran it and they were just giving me advice and they were talking about it. And there happened to be, it was like one of the few dudes who was actually at this banquet for women and information technology. And he was a professor at the University of Colorado and he was a computer science professor. And one day I had actually come up to him and we were just talking and I'd gotten his business card. And it was like months later when I was looking to do research where I was like, I remember I met this person. I'm going to reach out because I know we have this connection through this organization and I'm going to look into their research, see what they're doing, see if it's interesting to me. I reached out. And so that was just how I stumbled on that opportunity in the lab. Um, I started, I got that my sophomore, like I already had a spot in the lab my sophomore year, started working there my junior year, finished at the very end of it. Um, and it was a really good experience. It was an all female lab basically. And they really worked a lot with education and how you can insert art and computer science into education. And so that was really what I was working on. My project was, um, it was how do we introduce adolescents to computer science principles um, when they have no previous experience. And the theory was that a, a familiar medium such as sports would allow people to be more easily introduced to a thing called computer science, right? And I remember when, I mean, I have nobody in my family who is a computer scientist or interested in that. And so for me, learning about computer science was really learning about how computers interact with the things that I enjoy. And that was like wearable technology. I loved watching Shark Tank. I loved watching people do all these interesting things. And I saw how they used and implemented computer science into these different devices, into these different ideas. And going into this lab and working on a similar idea where I'm building a wearable device and I'm working on it to teach people about computer science, I saw that direct connection between my own introduction and how other people could be introduced to it. So that was really how I stumbled on that opportunity and why I was really passionate about it. Um, and it was it was wonderful. I ended up published off of that, and it was just yeah, it was a great experience overall. And I really encourage any student who is looking to do research to both look for formal opportunities through like summer programs. There's plenty of them for high schoolers, but to also reach out on their own and say like not just what do you do, right? But do your background research, understand what their lab's about, understand what these professors' goals are, and really put yourself out there and say I think I can be a useful person in your lab. It's all about just like networking and just kind mm-hmm. of, you know, getting your voice out there. As far as your career goes, where do you see yourself in the next five years? That's so tough. And like, as I said, I'm a very planned out person. I like to have everything planned out step by step because time is so limited and I can't waste any of it. And this year has felt like such a, so it's bad to say, a waste of time, right? And so if you asked me a year ago, where do I see myself in five years? I had probably an elaborate plan for some Silicon Valley company that I was hoping I would either work at or run at, like anything, anything. But at this point, you know, everything's kind of in shambles and I'm trying to pick up the pieces and figure out how I fit into a new world where businesses are moving out of Silicon Valley and the startup culture is dying. It's not like it used to be in the early 2000s and 2010. And really trying to define where my place is in the technology world 
right? So this next summer, I'll either be interning at Amazon, I have a guaranteed spot there to work as a software engineer, or I'll be working at Google as a software engineer. Both of those opportunities are unfortunately virtual. And so like, that's something, you know, planned out well, like that was something I wanted to do all the way back as a freshman. I wanted to get some experience working at a large tech company, but I never once thought that, hey, this is gonna be online. I'm never going to step foot in the Google office. I'm never going to step foot in the Amazon headquarters, right? And so to like really find my place in, in a world where I can't utilize the skills that I have. One of my biggest skills is talking to people, right? Interviewing people. And I, yeah, it's just such a struggle to say like where I see myself in five years, because if you were to ask me, I would say like, I would be doing all these things, but I don't know what those things are anymore. And so five years from now, I really hope that I'm working at a good Silicon Valley company doing some technology product development that I love and that I'm making good money and I have stock options and healthcare and just the basic things that I would hope to get out of a job. And I hope in 10 years from now, I'm running my own company and I'm working on wearable technology of the future and just yeah, doing something that I love. Yeah, I definitely agree that like making that difference and continuing to find alternatives, um, which is what mm-hmm. you're doing is really great. So how can teens make a difference now or how are you continuing to serve your community amidst this pandemic? Yeah, that's been really difficult because I love to volunteer and I love to go out into my community to help people. And, you know, coronavirus is one of the fears. Like, I I myself am scared to wind up in a hospital because um, MRSA, which is not something a lot of people really know about. It's like a, um, a bacteria. It's antibiotic-resistant bacteria. I've actually, through sports, gotten MRSA twice because people have, like, scratched me. And so if I were to end up in an ICU, there's a high chance that I'd also get a bacterial infection and get have like coronavirus. And so like that has been one of my fears, just like going out into the world and trying to physically volunteer and do stuff. And so like one of the things that I hopefully I think still have time to do is to review applications for the National Center for Women in Information Technology. And so that is one of the ways that I'm hoping to reach out in my community and make a difference at the moment. But just thinking in the long term of what people can do and in general, what people should do if they wanna do something in the community whatever people go out and do should be what they want to do, right? There is something in some area of, like, I don't know how to really describe this, but if you are passionate about something, I promise that there is some place, some organization that needs your help, that wants your help. And if you are wanting to do good for your community, go and reach out to that organization. Even if they don't have a formal, like, volunteer process, you can just still volunteer your time to help them and offer to help them. Or if you want to, like, learn some basic skills of a job that you think you might want to have reach out and ask for an internship even if it's unpaid or if you have time to do it unpaid go ahead and reach out because there are plenty of businesses right now who are really struggling to keep work who can't afford to pay their workers and who would love to have eager high school students do free labor for them so um that is something that i recommend but i think in general making sure like i know so many kids who have gone out and done service work community service work for things that they are not truly passionate about and when it comes time for people to ask them questions about it especially if you're interviewing for coca-cola if you're interviewing for basically any top scholarship they're going to ask you about those things that you put down and if you can't just talk about them in detail forever you know that's a red flag to them because i have 
all of the kids that I've met through that, you ask, oh my gosh, you ask them about whatever project was their main focus in high school and they will talk your ear off about it. And it's beautiful because they truly love what they did. And I think everybody out there can find something that they love doing that can make an impact on our community. And I know that, because um, I was looking at your website, and I was looking at your project on helping kids, and even on the publishing a book in your MIT launch application, you kind of make it an important thing in your life to give back. So what advice do you have for anybody wanting to pursue research or community outreach? Or like, how do you pick these specific projects to do? Yeah, and like kind of as I said before, I stumble into them just by being outgoing and putting myself out there and you know even if you don't think like there have been when I was at MIT I remember I went to this networking event by far the youngest person in the building I I mean this was like 30 mid 30s business people they were giving business pitches they were just networking and I was out of place there I was I did not fit in there, but I still went around the room and talked to people and learned about what they were doing. And to this day, I think that made a difference in understanding my place and what I can do. And just meeting people who have gone through different experiences, who have different passions. You know, you don't have to go and copy what somebody does or copy their life path because you think that will get you into college or because you think that's the only way to do something. But what I love to tell people is that you should always walk besides the people that you admire. You know, don't walk in their footsteps, but walk beside them. Take your own path, but follow what they do and think of like how they were able to make a difference and see yourself making a difference too. And so for anybody who really wants to get focused on like research or focused on community outreach, I like to look at the projects that other people have done that I really admire and think like, oh, so they did this thing with art right? They really wanted to do community outreach with art and they went into the community and they volunteered to give easels and all this stuff. And they were collecting from these organizations and all this. So then I look at myself and I say, well, I'm really passionate about computer science. So what can I do that mirrors how they did their community outreach, but for something that I love, something that I'm passionate. I know a lot of kids who have done research in biology and stuff like that. I don't like biology. I don't like it at all. And so I like, I'm thinking, how can I go and maybe put myself out there in a similar way so I can find a research opportunity that fits my passions, right? And so for anybody, again, as I said, for anybody who's looking to do that, don't try to just mimic what somebody else does, but make it unique to yourself. Even if you are walking beside them in their path, it's important that you do something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're majoring in computer science, so you obviously like to code. So what is one skill you think that everyone should know or should learn? Asking for help um, was probably the greatest thing I learned to do in high school was not trying to battle everything on my own without asking for help. Because mostly, you know, people love to feel smart, too. People love to feel smart. And I'm okay with feeling stupid sometimes. And so if I ask somebody for help and they're knowledgeable about that subject, of course they're going to want to help me. And so I've just learned to utilize my resources. Like if I have a friend who's good at biology and I'm struggling with the biology concept, I will FaceTime them immediately and be like, hey, can you explain this to me? And it's it's a reciprocal. It's a If they need help with computer science, I'm going to be there at their computer helping them. But just making sure that you understand that there are people out there willing to help you um, was just such a huge thing. And especially in high, this is what, this is what people said to me throughout high school. People want to help high school students. 
that is my number one piece of advice to people is learn how to advocate for yourself and don't be afraid of doing it. Wow, that's a really unique answer. I wasn't expecting you to say ask for help. I think that's something that's really underrated in high school because everyone's just like, yeah, I'm successful based on my own merits. I didn't need anybody else, but it's actually it takes a whole like village to you know, make someone successful. You can't just do it on your own necessarily. So that's a final question that kind of covers this entire podcast about female leaders leading our world to a better and brighter future. How do you plan on changing the world now or even in the near future? Well, my theory, and, you know, I will probably be incorrect on this, but my theory about the world is that there is going to be a massive move towards robotics. Um, There's already a huge move towards autonomous vehicles um, and how that can change the way that we drive. It can lower accident rates if it was done properly, of course and how machine learning and artificial intelligence have a place in like you know mass surveillance there's a lot of awful things that these things can do but there's a lot of amazing things that they can do as well and so i think the trajectory of the world is a combination of artificial intelligence and robotics i've got that for a very long time i think robots have the potential to this is not necessarily great but replace a lot of jobs because people around the world are being paid below living wages um, for work that they should be paid well above living wages. And that is especially in developing countries. Um, There's huge controversies with large businesses and how they use child labor and things like that. And they, I know they would not be using child labor if there were robots that could do it better and for free. And so I see this major shift coming in global poverty, of course, where a large fraction of the world falls into even deeper poverty because of this push towards automation. That's just that's just my theory and what's going to happen. Um, where do I see myself? I hopefully I want to be on the better end of that because I like robotics and I love artificial intelligence and I don't hope to inspire global poverty based on the creations that I make, but I really hope to be a push towards ending child labor and ending people being paid literally pennies a day for those types of things. And if there's an ethical way that we can actually raise people out of poverty with the use of robotics, I'm all for that. Right. That's amazing that you are, you're fine. I don't, I think it's overlooked a lot of times that, you know, computer science is its own thing. And then helping people is kind of another thing, but I think it's really great how you're kind of finding how you can use computer science to better our world. So that's really inspiring. So Thank you so much for coming on here and, you know, giving me some insight on how you're changing the world now and how you have already changed the world um, in high school. You're definitely inspiring everyone to continue to break barriers, do what they love and give back to the community. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, McKenna. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm glad I could talk. That's it for today's episode. Remember to stay positive, stay inspired and change the world. Bye, everyone.